Hello, and welcome to the Visibility Vixen podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Lewis, and this show is 100% geared to come alongside you, give you a huge hug, and encourage you to keep going down this crazy trail of entrepreneurship. Between myself and the many incredible guests that come on to talk to you, you're going to leave each episode feeling inspired, motivated, and a little bit more balanced for the road ahead. I'm all about building a brand of integrity, purpose, and skyrocketing your visibility so that you can step into that incredible mission you were born to live. So grab a cup of iced tea, pop in those earbuds, and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to Visibility Vixen. I am thrilled to be talking to my friend Bailey Richard today because I just got done being on her Infopreneur Summit. So Bailey, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Bailey is amazing and we're going to get into this in a minute, but first I want to give you a little bit of a background on who she is. So Bailey, fill us in kind of what led you onto this path and now what you're doing in the online space. Sure. Well, I think like a lot of people, I was taught that there was a particular path to happiness. So I worked really hard in school. I was my high school valedictorian and I got a scholarship to go to uh, college for engineering. I did that. And when I graduated in 2010, I eventually wound up working as an environmental engineering consultant in California. But it was around the year 2013, I was about 25 years old, and I basically had the quarter-life crisis that so many of us 20-somethings kind of experience where I started to think about my future, and I started to think, okay, is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? I just felt that there were other talents and interests that I had that I had not had a chance to develop professionally, and I wanted that opportunity. And I started to think about how I love to travel, but I get two weeks of vacation a year, and Mm. I never get to see my family because they were living in the opposite side of the country from me, and I decided, I think I need to be my own boss. So I quit my job and enrolled in grad school at MIT so that I could start and escalate and grow my business, and my goal was to be fully self-employed when I graduated, and I was able to make that dream come true. So ever since, I have been coaching infopreneurs, so I call myself a business business coach for beginning and budding infopreneurs, which means that I help people, individuals who want to launch a personal brand online, I help them do that, and I help them learn how to create and sell and monetize informational products. So things like ebooks, online courses, virtual summits, speaking game programs, things like that where they are sharing their life experience, their knowledge, and their passions with other people by, by teaching them stuff. Fantastic. And this makes so much sense because I was sitting here thinking like the way that you led the summit was so organized, communicative, like educational, like equal opportunity, like mutual benefit. It was just so great. And I'm like, what is her background that she's so detailed oh. <laughs> like to be able to do this? And this makes perfect sense. So fantastic. So, oh, yes. 
Today, what I want you guys to really gain from Bailey is a knowledge about how to start kind of your own platform online in terms of hosting events, hosting summits, because it's such a beautiful way to connect with people. And I was just blown away. I've been a part of a couple of summits in the past year, and I was just blown away with how professional she was and yet how much I felt connected to the other speakers, which is not normal, how I felt in the loop and knew every step of the way, which is not normal, and all of those different things. And she was able to attract a lot of people into the summit who then were coming into my group and onto my list, which is also not always normal. So say I am I'm newer to the online space. I'm really excited about the idea of hosting like a mini workshop or a mini like summit, maybe not as many days as normal in the industry, but maybe just, you know, a couple hours or two. And I know it's a great way to build my list and establish myself as an expert. What would be stage like zero? What is the kind of the behind the scenes prep work before you even get started with hosting a sure. summit? Well, I have a 12-step process for launching a summit, and it, normally in my course, what I teach is that those 12 steps are divided into three phases, and each one of those phases takes a month. Now, that's mm -hmm. if you're launching you know, a pretty big, legitimate summit. If you wanted to do something that was smaller, you might be able to condense that time frame a little mm -hmm. bit you know, based on what you were kind of suggesting, but regardless, that first phase, no matter whether you go big or going to go small, is all about planning. You have to sit down before you take action because this really is an event. Yes, it's online, but you are planning an event and you need to figure out some of the logistics before you get started. So you need to decide, well, how many days is this event going to be and what are those dates? You need to decide, does your event have an overall theme or an umbrella topic that you are going to, you know, basically plan all of your content and your speaker interviews around? You need to decide what you are going to, you know, name your event. Is it going to be a summit, like a big event, or if it's a little workshop, are you going to give it another name? That sort of thing. And how does that name communicate properly that umbrella theme of your event. And so really having the proper, you know, planning steps in place before you just start taking action is important. And I'll give you an example. A lot of people before they've sat down and done all of that planning will start bringing speakers on board. And the thing is, how can you possibly bring in the right speakers who are going to be talking about the right content for your ideal audience if you don't even know what the theme of your event is, what the learning objectives of your event are? Ultimately, you're just going to be saying yes to a whole lot of people that you want to have on your event because, well, let's just make it the bigger the better, right? Or, mm -hmm. hey, they're willing to say yes, so I'll just take them. But at the end of the day, you need to be worried about creating that cohesive event which makes sense and has focus and that all comes from planning first. Absolutely. And I love that about you. And I'm very similar. I'm a very type A and I love to, I go to the coffee shop and I just have like big pieces of draft paper and I'm just sketching out kind of what I see and niching down what I want to talk about. So I think that's a really important part. And I think at least a lot of the friends that I have in the entrepreneur space, that part is a little bit more challenging, right? Because they're more like creative and woo, you know, this is exciting, which is fantastic. 
fantastic. You need to be that way as a coach, of course. But I think that the behind the scenes tech is so important too. So I'm really, really glad that you highlighted that. So let's say someone has, they're like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. I'm really clear on it. And oh my gosh, I'm terrified to approach anybody. Everyone's going to say, no, this is just going to be a huge failure. You know what I'm talking about. A lot of people sure. have these fears. So how would you kind of put those fears to rest? And what's just one little spicy tip that you can give in terms of attracting the right speakers into your event? Okay. Well, perhaps you weren't expecting me to say this, but what I want to tell the audience is that a lot of people might say no, actually. There is a little bit of a numbers game involved, but that doesn't mean that your event isn't worth it and it doesn't mean that you're not worth it. You have to recognize that when you're reaching out to different people for the first time, that first offering that you give, hi, would you like to be a part of my summit? Would you like to be a part of my event? They might turn down, but for a lot of different reasons. Maybe they're just really busy and they're business right now and they don't have time to fit your event in. And that's actually a good thing if they say no, because otherwise, if they were to participate, you know they really wouldn't have time to be a real partner and to promote and to really care about your event. They might say no because of personal things going on in their lives. You know, somebody that I had asked to be on my summit the first year I did it, I didn't know had just had a baby and had to turn down the opportunity. Mm -hmm. But we were able, you know, to work something else out. So, you know, there are lots of reasons. And some people just might feel that they don't want to collaborate with you on a project after having just met you. But you can use that opportunity to continue um, the conversation. After you've reached out, even if they say no, you can work out some other ways to be a part of each other's businesses. Well, okay, if you can't be a part of my summit, could I still interview you for my podcast whenever you have the free time? And as you work to build up those relationships, maybe you'll be able to have that person on your next summit or your next event or do some other kind of collaboration. So I would say, you know, to understand that coming into it, not everyone is going to say yes, which is why you have to have a larger number of speakers in mind than you actually will have as a part of your summit because several people will say no thank you. Now as far as reaching out to people and actually getting them to say yes, I have a couple of tips which are first of all never do it over social media. Now connecting on social media is totally fine where you maybe tweet them and say read your blog post today that was awesome or something like that but when it comes to the actual ask when you are going to say, will you be a part of this, and you're looking for a yes or no answer, do that in private so that you're really giving that person an opportunity to say no if they need to. And don't do it over a direct message on Twitter or Facebook. Email is more professional. Also, you want to make sure that you include some sort of personal connection. So if you simply write them out of the blue and say, hi, I want to do this event, I'd love to have you as a speaker, that person is thinking, where in the world did you come from? <laughs> but if you can, you know, include in your email a way that you've either met before or you briefly connected or, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you and I had this exchange on social media a month ago. Ever since then, I've been following your blog. This is an article I recently read from your newsletter and it really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. You know, anything that shows that you have actually done your research about this person and their business and that you genuinely believe that they're a good fit for your event, not just because you want to leverage them for their email list or the audience that they already have. That personal connection really goes a long way. 
For sure. And I want to talk a little bit about what I've been going through because I think it might be helpful for the people listening. Um, you guys know that I am actually hosting my own summit that is going to be happening at the end of the summer. And what I decided to do was to film it in person. So originally what I had wanted to do was get all of these entrepreneurs into one space and be able to shoot it all. Probably it would take six or seven hours or something. And I was reaching out to everybody and the dates didn't work. And so we changed the date, it didn't work. Change the date, it didn't work. It was impossible to get like 10 entrepreneurs all into the same place at the same time because people are launching, people are out of town, blah, 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 blah. And so I really tortured myself going, this is this wonderful idea that I had and no one can do it. That means it's going to fail. I had that whole like melodrama wow. happen. And then I was on vacation with my parents just for a weekend and they looked at me and they're like, you're constantly reinventing yourself. So you need to reinvent this. And so I sat there and was like, I like that. You know what? What if I recorded based on people's availability of when they were going to be in Los Angeles or San Diego. And I just film it in different segments and edit it all together like a movie since that's my background. And so then I reached out to the people again and said, Hey, I think I'm going to rework this. Would this work better for you? And all of them said yes. So, mm. I think it's a really important thing to go reach out in ways that feel authentic to you, like you're saying, and do it in a professional manner. And if you start feeling resistance, it may be because you need to reinvent it a little bit and go with that flow. I think I was so rigid in what I thought it was supposed to be that once I finally took my hands off the wheel and just saw where the car was going, I went, oh, this is going to be totally fine, right? Yes, sure. Absolutely. I think that you as a speaker get a lot of genuine feedback from, or as you as the host, I mean, get a lot of genuine feedback from the guest speakers mm -hmm. because you are essentially asking them to help you out in a sense by doing this for you. Yes, of course, there are mutual benefits, but they're giving you their time in order to do this. And if you do receive a lot of that pushback and it's not convenient for them, you need to find a better way. And yes. it seems like you have. I, I sure hope so. I'll let you know. It's going to be exciting. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a crazy ride. Um, Can't wait so, to see. I, yeah. So let's chat a little bit about your, um, your running the summit. What are some good tips in terms of you staying healthy, sleeping, you know, staying mm. energized? I know you pre-record a lot of it just so that it's a little bit easier on you and on the guests, which I think is genius, but you are doing a lot of tech and you're in the back end and facilitating the whole conference. So how do you keep it together? Mm, absolutely. And you know what? A virtual summit is just like any other launch. If you've ever done like a course launch or something before, then you are familiar with how truly exhausting it is physically, mentally, etc. It does drain a lot from you. So one of my tips is that you want to automate in advance absolutely everything. You know, there are emails that are going to be going out to the list of registrants to share with them the links for the summit. Those are going to happen before the summit, during the summit, even after the summit. You don't want to have to be sitting at your computer 
and actually manually sending those out. So you can schedule all of that stuff in advance in order you know, to, to go out automatically without you having to think about it. Same thing with the promotions. You know, social media promotions can be scheduled you know, through whatever, uh, you know, Hootsuite or whatever social media manager you're using or something like that. So doing as much automation as you possibly can is a huge, um, is a huge help. Another thing is that if you have never ever had support in your business, this may be an awesome time to get some help. So whether it's you want to run Facebook ads for the first time and you need to hire a Facebook ads manager to help you, or you need to hire a kind of techie VA to help you a little bit with you know the setup of the summit, or whether you want to hire somebody to help you handle all of the customer service emails that you're going to be getting from people during this launch, Getting some extra support from some other business owners or individuals can really be a huge help because there are so many tasks that you as the Virtual Summit host have to manage. If you can outsource or at least just give, you know, hand over a few of those to somebody else to help you out, that's really going to be able to help you maintain your sanity during this time. I think that's such an excellent point and a great way to kind of spearhead knowing, okay, it's about to get crazy. So let me bring on someone that can at least help so that I'm not losing my mind. Because I don't know if any of you are like me, but it's like not so much the work, but the anticipation of the work and the possible like balls that I might drop, like keeps me awake at night. So I oh, think that absolutely. it's such an important thing that you're saying. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> so let's dive into some of the, cause I know this isn't the first summit that you've hosted. Let's talk about some of the wins that you've experienced with your absolute talent of hosting these summits and some of the wins that you've gotten, some of the wins that your guests have gotten and some of the wins that your customers have gotten. Sure. Well, basically, you've just named the three major parties, the attendees, the guest speakers, and the hosts that are involved in a virtual summit. And one of the reasons I love summits is because I believe that all three of those parties do benefit. And that's what makes it such an awesome thing to grow your business is that nobody feels like they're being taken advantage of or nobody feels like they're giving but not getting because everyone benefits. Mm -hmm. The attendees, of course, are going to receive free training from the free interviews on the summit which has huge value. They're going to discover those new influencers that they might not have ever heard about before. And each one of those guest speakers is giving away freebies and materials and things which they're able to download and use to grow their business. So ton mm -hmm. of benefit for the attendees. I'm sure you can speak to this, but the guest speakers benefit, um, aside from the exposure that you get um, from actually being on the summit, uh, a testimonial perhaps from your host about what it was you know like to have you on the summit as a guest speaker you get to connect with the other guest speaker influencers on the event and really forge extra business connections there and of course you get to grow your list and grow your community because by giving away those freebies to the attendees people will sign up and ultimately get on your newsletter join your Facebook group you know learn more about you and get more invested in your work now as the host Frankly, I do think that I benefit the most from you know, putting on this event. I grow my email list because everybody that comes to the summit has to register in order to get their free ticket. You can profit from a summit. You normally sell an all-access pass, which is a membership area that contains all the videos from the summit, but you can actually you know, gain revenue in other ways. I sold a PDF of notes from the summit, which was a pretty profitable way to make some money from the event as well, for example. I forged connections and relationships with all of my guest speakers. 
I bring people into my community, which ultimately turn into clients um, for coaching, but they also buy my online courses, so there's even more revenue and things there. And then there's things like this, like this interview that we're doing right now. It's a future opportunity that I wouldn't have had had you and I never met because of the summit, but you have you know, graciously invited me to be a part of this, and um, it's, it's really awesome. So it's really cool to see not just all of the benefits that I received during the summit, but how that snowballs, how essentially this huge event is a big practice in business development, and all of the amazing things that happen to me and to my business afterwards it's it's fantastic to watch mm, I love it I love it so the last big question I want to ask you about summits is that a lot of people are getting into them a lot of people are hosting them so therefore the audience is a little bit more inundated with summit invites than normal how do you make yours especially the all-access pass when people are having to purchase how do you make it really shiny of course you're delivering on whatever you're promising but how do you make it just a little bit more intriguing where they go i really need this value sure well first of all i would say going all the way back to the planning phase you need to be really clear on who your target audience is and that's a problem i see with a lot of summits is that they aren't really sure who it is that they're targeting with their event and therefore they invite the wrong speakers to be a part of their event so mm -hmm. my summit is called the infopreneur summit and i'm specifically interested in getting people on who are trying to create and profit from info products therefore I'm not going to ask a real estate guru to be a part of my event. I'm sure that that person makes a lot of money selling real estate and that's great for them, but it's completely irrelevant to my event. And a novice a virtual summit host often brings on people who aren't really perfect for providing content and value to their ideal audience. And so when people are looking at the speaker lineup and they're watching the free interviews, they're really not enticed to purchase that all access pass because mm -hmm. they don't want to buy content that's irrelevant for them. Now, that real estate example is a bit hyperbolic. I think you can clearly see why I wouldn't have that person on, but mm -hmm. sometimes the differences can be a little bit more nuanced and it's hard to tell. So you really need to be clear on who's the right speakers for your audience. Another thing is that you can up that value of that all access pass. The first year I ever did my summit, I had a bunch of interviews that I showed for free for a limited amount of time to my audience and I sold my pass and all of the interviews that I showed for free were inside the past and that was it. And we did a decent amount of sales, but moving forward what I've done is to record two interviews with every single speaker. One that I call the free session, which I show on the summit just like normal for a limited period of time, but also an advanced session, which is premium content that's not shown on the summit for free that you can only get access to if you buy the all access pass. Another thing we did for the 2017 Infopreneur Summit was to extract the audio files from those interviews and make them um, downloadable inside the membership area, almost like mm -hmm. a podcast. So if people wanted to put them on their phone or their MP3 Smart. player, they could listen on the go as well. So anything you can do to add genuine value to the past is ultimately going to convince more people to purchase. Absolutely. Ooh, ooh, yes. It's giving me all kinds of amazing ideas. Okay, I lied. <laughs> I have one more question. No problem. If someone is first starting out, what is a software that you love to use to host your summit? Or what is one that you recommend to people if they're just starting out? Okay, well, 
in virtual summit school, which is the course I have about summits, um, I get this question a lot, which is, well, what are you going to teach me about the technology? And what I actually teach is how to set up the sales funnel. And I give you lots of different options for technologies that you can use. So you might actually find that there's technologies that you're using in your business already that you could apply to a virtual summit. Now, mm -hmm. as for me, though, I will tell you, I'm a ClickFunnels evangelist. I run my <laughs> entire business basically on ClickFunnels. It runs my landing pages, my sales funnels, even my online courses, and I use it for my virtual summit as well. And the reason that I love it so much is that it's an all-in-one solution. So if you are going to be using almost anything else aside from ClickFunnels, the truth is you're going to have to piecemeal some software and technology together. So right. for example, if you were going to run your um, sales funnel and landing pages with lead pages, you're going to need an order form like SAM card that can take those payments and deliver the product and charge that person's credit card. And then you're going to need a separate membership area where you can host all of your videos for your all access pass. So you can see how you already need to combine a couple of different things together. Mm -hmm. Well, with ClickFunnels, you can do all of that and more, including your affiliate tracking and everything with one software. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I absolutely love about it. And I'll tell people all day long, get on ClickFunnels if you're an <laughs> infopreneur, whether you're doing a virtual summit or not, because I love it so much. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll definitely link that below because I know that a lot of people are looking for that kind of a solution and they just aren't sure. So the fact that you're recommending it is fantastic. Okay, so I'm going to link your school below because I think that taking a summit course is extremely important and I think it would give so much added value, especially since you're hosting it. So let's also talk about the wonderful freebie that you are giving our incredible listeners today. Sure. It's called the Virtual Summit Set, and it's a set of resources to help you if you're thinking about launching a virtual summit. So included is a full ebook, which will show you my 12-step process for launching a virtual summit from scratch in just 90 days. Also, you're going to get a two-page planning worksheet. We've talked about the importance of planning, so it's going to ask you to you know, fill in the blanks for a lot of different features about your summit before you even get started creating it. And also there's something called a guest speaker checklist, which is a list of all the different things that you have to do for every guest speaker in your summit just to make sure that you don't, you know, miss a single thing. Mm, yes, I know I'll be downloading that, guys. I don't know about you. That's fantastic. Okay, well, Bailey, this has been, it's been so great to talk to you. It's been so great to pick your brain. And I just have to say, if you're not following Bailey on social media or if you're not on her list, get on that now. She gives and gives and gives and she will bring so much value to your life as an infopreneur and I know that if you're listening that you're some kind of an entrepreneur so jump on this bandwagon now and in the meantime my dear I'm sure I'll be chatting with you soon but thank you so much for hanging out with us on the Visibility Vixen podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening in today to the Visibility Vixen podcast. Subscribe now and share with a fellow Vixen who wants to start building their visibility. For more fire in your life and brand, visit visibilityvixen.com.